Welcome to Paid in Puke, the podcast where we discuss female-driven films through an inclusive feminist lens, with the help of the 1988 film, Heathers. Paid in Puke is hosted by Jessica Baxter, Amy Green, and Christina Barr. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. On today's episode of Paid in Puke, we're talking about the 2019 drama, The Assistant. Written and directed by Kitty Green. The Assistant's... Revelation. <laughs> nice. The Assistant stars Julia Garner and our dream girl, Dagmara Dominchik. <laughs> uh, it follows Jane, a recent college grad who works the absolute lowest position at a film production company through a particularly trying day in the office. Welcome. Have a seat. Whatever's going on, you can tell me. That's what I'm here for. You're relatively new to the company. I mean, I've been working here for nearly two months. And you're under a lot of stress. Entry-level jobs in this industry are tough, right? Long hours? First one in, last one out. Good night. You're smart, you have to be smart. It's a tough job, but I can see that you've got what it takes. Maybe you can put in a good word for you. No, I'll hire externally. Listen, his schedule has shifted. Does 7 p.m. work? Still at the hotel, or? Yes. What? This is turkey. I said chicken. <laughs> There's a girl waiting. Oh, her. She's been here before. A few times. What is it? The wife. Say he's in an important meeting. No, say he's in a screening. Where is he? What did you say? What did you say? They told me you were smart. I overreacted. It was not my place to question your decision. I will not let you down again. You know, you can always come to us, right? Come to us first, okay? The last two checks don't have a name or anything. Just the dollar amount. Uh, ignore it. Okay, and will he know what it's for? Yep, he'll know. I wouldn't sit there. Never sit on the couch. <laughs> here and here, initial here, sign there. Do I need a lawyer or something? Do you have a lawyer? What's happening? Where are you going? I was worried for this girl. <laughs> I mean, they were just like laughing about it. Can you deal with this? Hi, why me? Who was that? A that? Waste of my time. Your mom and I were excited for you. It's a great opportunity. I'm Jessica Baxter. I'm Christina Barr. I'm Amy Green. Julia Garner plays Jane two months into her assistant job at the Tribeca offices of a high-powered movie studio executive. Jane's day begins before sunrise and ends after sunset. A lot of the film is relatable to any corporate assistant. 
But it's also specific to Hollywood in terms of the ways in which this unseen boss uses his staff to cajole and sexually assault new women every day. Uh, It's been called the Weinstein movie, but Kitty Green would like everyone to know that it's about a systematic issue that still persists. And it's not fixed by Weinstein going to jail. When writing the script, Green interviewed many people in the industry, including people who had worked with Weinstein and in other industries where this behavior was rampant. This movie is so fucking good. Amy, this was your suggestion, so why don't you start? What do you love about The Assistant? There's almost nothing I don't love about this movie. I mean, you know, it's all kind of small, quiet movie. I mean, I love so much about it. I love Julia Garner. I think she is great. Yeah. Um, one thing that I really like about this movie that is not something I notice that much, but I feel like the sound in this movie is so significant like conveys a lot you know like anytime like there's paper or plastic like there's this real crunch sound to <laughs> yeah it. Like, first comes into the office and turns on all the fluorescent lights and it it really just sets a scene like even outside of like the harassment stuff and the hollywood stuff just like how much working can just suck yeah <laughs> you know? like, even if it's just a day in the life where she has her bowl of fruit loops at work before <laughs> anyone's there and, and then when she throws away her sad tv dinner because she can go home and yeah she just gets a muffin at the deli instead you know? i know um, Ugh, and then she doesn't even eat it <laughs> no there's a lot i like about it love the scene where she goes to hr yeah it's so hard i think that actor is fucking great in that role what i sort of see this movie as i know this is like sort of thought of as a post me too movie People say, like, Me Too has gone too far. And I feel like it's sort of that from the other direction in that women got sold this idea that you'll never have to be uncomfortable at work again. Come to us. We're here for you. I I, I didn't know who to come to. My kids came to the right place. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just... Whatever's going on, you can tell me. That's what I'm here for. And it's like... Just kidding, you know, like, <laughs> the big things, the really big things, maybe something will happen, but otherwise, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, about the sound. It didn't even really register until I was reading and doing research about it that there isn't really a score to the movie. Like, there's a score at the beginning when she's getting into the office, like, when she's just getting picked up and going to the office, and then at the end when she's getting her muffin... But in between, there's absolutely no music. It's all just office sounds. Yeah. I don't remember if this was nominated for sound design, but it absolutely should have been because it was very unique. The Assistant received zero Academy Award nominations. And you're right. Like, it was like almost a musicality of all this stuff going on in the office. Yeah, it's very striking to me, the sound. Yeah, like kind of tied into the sound, uh, showing all of these like really mundane, thankless tasks mm-hmm. that she had to do. And I was just thinking like, oh, maybe some people would think it would be boring to watch all of this. But I was kind of watching it like, oh, my God, this is like a really accurate depiction of what this work is. And like, mm-hmm. I only know her name is Jane because I read an article about the movie, but <laughs> I don't hear her name at any point in the movie. She's kind of treated like a part of the furniture or something. She's always in the background. She's in the kitchen doing the dishes. And some other female employees, they obviously seem like they're unhappy with their jobs, but they leave their coffee mugs for her and don't even acknowledge her. And like the slicing open of the Fiji waters. Mm -hmm. And it's like making this seem like a fancy place or something where people have meetings. But like, 
she's the person behind all of that and she has to deal with her bosses receiving it's like an injectable for oh, erectile yeah. dysfunction yeah. and she yeah. it's like so much of that stuff it's a whole case of she, that yeah. she stocks his medication she yeah she, she cleans that couch in the beginning she's the work like, mommy she's the work mommy and nobody thanks her literally no one says thank you to her once the entire right. time I definitely noticed that. And you're right that no one says her name. One thing I do appreciate is that the IMDb, it's, or it's probably in the credits as well, the male assistants that are in her office, they don't have names at all, which is nice. Like, even in the script, they were called oh. male assistant number one and male assistant number two, which is really nice because that's such a reversal of what usually happens. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone has a name. Like, in the credits, people have names, but I don't think anyone says anyone's name yeah that's true and then the boss is just referred to as he or him like capital h right and like the male assistants there is still this implied hierarchy with them because they're pushing tasks off onto her like you need to talk to the wife yeah what can you deal with this what 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 is it the wife why me fine or yeah Show the new, you know, young woman the phones. Mm-hmm. They said you'd show me the phones, you know. Yeah, and totally. She's like, why do I have to talk to the wife? That's like the only time she pushes back on anything. And it's understandable because it is like so far out of a reasonable right. job description. And then the guy just kind of gives her a face that obviously means because you're the woman. Like, it's just right. so... Like, <laughs> yeah. That and was very good, like, <laughs> no word acting. Yes, it was. Those guys were really good at being those characters. Yeah. And then, like, they're helping her draft these emails, like, mea culpa. Just say you're very grateful for this uh-huh. opportunity. You should add, I appreciate the opportunity to work for this company and will not let you down again. It seems like maybe they don't have to do those kinds of emails, but... They're familiar with the woman before who might yeah. have had to write those emails. They're just like, this is what you need to do yeah. in your apology. Yeah. She's and been there for only two months, so there is an implication that it's sort of a revolving door position. And probably most people don't leave that position by getting promoted if they're women. There's probably like a girl position, and then they just get burned out, and then they fill it with someone else. And then she has to clean up his injected, you know, like his eating medicine. Like she has to like dispose of sharps. That's she's uh, handling biomedical (laughs) waste, you know. And Kitty Green is so good. I I wasn't familiar with her until like we went to the Royal Hotel, but. Her portrayal of, like, existing while female is just so good. It's like a perspective that I haven't really seen very much of before. And it's almost like, oh, my God, finally, somebody's like, showing this shit. Because, yeah. like, especially with the office stuff, I think there's just not a lot of movies that deal with that. Or the drudgery and the mundane, thankless things mm-hmm. that you have to do. She's absolutely a master of microaggressions. And just, like, small indignities that make up that job. And it's so true that every assistant job has small indignities. But hers are just relentless. Like, she has all of these things that she has to do every day. And the way she's doing them, she's only been there for two months, but clearly she's been able to get into the choreo of it. 
But it has to be just so soul-sucking, and it's obviously all because, like, she says she wants to be a producer. Right. And the men in that office who also have producer dreams are not going to have to work that hard to get there. They'll have to still work hard, but not hard in the same way that she does. Not in the same way, yeah. Yeah. They won't be the target of such, like, humiliation, you know? Like, (laughs) and she's slowly being trained. Everyone around her is so dismissive. Mm -hmm. The production people are like, oh, you just never sit on the couch. I wouldn't sit there. Never sit on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, they find out that he went to the Mark, which is the nice hotel where the young lady from Idaho was put up. And they're arguing, like, this was just like London. No, it was Cannes. It's like that time at Cannes. I was in London, dude. I would remember where it was. It was Cannes. Seriously, you would not remember, given how late did the Duke have you and what's his name? It was who is, London. Who is it? It was Cannes. Jeffrey was there, remember? Everybody knows what is happening, and everybody is trained to dismiss all of it, you know? Yeah, like, it's like he's a king, and he has the ability to, like, make people's movies' dreams come true as long as they serve him in every possible way. And a large right. portion of that service involves bringing him women it's (laughs) and it's so believable (laughs) yeah and then when the young woman is coming in for the job the other assistants kind of say in the background like he met her at sun valley and she was like a waitress at like a fancy ski resort or whatever and she's in the office and she's like going for the candy bowl (laughs) and she's like can i She's just so naive and, like, yeah. young. And and then this lawyer comes in with all this paperwork, and he's like, sign here, sign here, initial here, initial here. And he's not explaining anything. She's like, should I have a lawyer? And he's like, do you have <laughs> do a lawyer? Do you have a lawyer? <laughs> you know? And that's how she's put in the pipeline. And Right. It's heartbreaking to me when she's like, I've worked in film before. Yes. Oh, my God. She is so naive. I know. I really like... Jane's delivery in the HR office about how she's like, she's very young. She's very pretty. She's young. Okay. She was waitressing in Sun Valley when she met him. And he just liked her, apparently, and just gave her an assistant job. And? Well, well, she doesn't have any experience or not much experience and he just flew her over from Boise and is putting her up at a hotel. She's very young. You get exactly what she's saying and of course he does too, but it's right. it's a moot point. But that's the kind of person he wants because they're more malleable. Yeah, right? and he's trying to say like, why are you trying to throw this away? Yes. And turns it around on her like... Entry level jobs in this industry are tough, right? Long hours? Yeah. First one in, last one out. Well, yeah. I bet you haven't seen your friends in a while. Um, I missed my dad's birthday. It's tough. Yeah, but Where do you go to college? Uh, Northwestern. It's a great school. It's a great school. You're smart. You have to be smart to get into Northwestern. Plus a 3.8 GPA. And you're on a, you're on a fast track in this business working here. You are. So... What's your plan? Sorry? Where do you want to be in five to ten years? Oh, uh, I, I'm going to produce. I'm going to be a producer. You do? Yeah. That's, okay, that's excellent. 
we could use more women producers. You know, that's a, it's a tough job, but I can see that you've got what it takes. Thanks. So why are you in here trying to throw it all away over this bullshit? You could have so much. Don't throw away your chance by yeah. doing this. And then I had kind of suspected he was going to turn it into like a, you're just jealous of this mm -hmm. pretty girl. And he totally did that. Yeah. Let's assume I were to do the disservice of writing it up for you. So your complaint is as follows. The company hires a new assistant. She's young. And in your opinion, she's very pretty. And she's maybe a little she's bit experienced. Exactly. They've possibly offered her a job just like that. And they're putting her up in a fancy hotel. And you live, where do you live? Astoria. Astoria? <laughs> okay, I understand. That's not the point. And by the way, how experienced were you when you got hired? A couple of internships, am I right? The last one paid me. Do you know, do you know how many people work at this company? I have to make sure all of them are taken care of. And you know how many people want to work here? I've got 400 resumes teed up for your position alone. Ivy League grads, 4.0 GPAs. And here you are, sitting in my office, stressed out, jealous of some new assistant who's who's getting more attention than you. I'm not not jealous. I, I was just, I was worried for this girl. She's a woman. She's a grown woman. Sorry, yes. You think a grown woman can't make her own choices? I never said that. Because she's a waitress? I nope, I didn't, what I didn't then? say that. What then? Listen, honestly, what do you want from me? You know, like, where do you live? Astoria. Right. Oh, I understand now. You know, yeah. like he's just humiliating. You're her. just a jealous poor girl. <laughs> yeah, right. it was brutal. You live in Queens. <laughs> I googled. I had to do Google Maps because I was like, "Well, how long is that car ride that she takes?" And it's an hour. It's an hour by car, and she probably doesn't always get a car. That is such a fucking long way to go. Oh my god. Yeah. And the. Other part of that scene, so she's like, goes to HR, the woman's like, I don't have you on the books, you know, like, sit there, and then, like, another man comes into the office while she's waiting, mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, go right in, and then she goes, he's ready for you now, and she goes in, and he's like, don't you want to take your coat off? <laughs> he does this, like, way of disarming her, Yeah. and right. she's like, oh, I guess I'll take my scarf off, and he's like, yeah, that's more comfortable. Right, like telling her what's more comfortable. Yeah, and then she leaves at the end, and he's like, don't forget your scarf, you know, because it's like, I don't know. Well, it's... she's just so blindsided by what happened. Yeah. She's like in a daze. The other really striking thing about that is, like, his assistant says he's ready for you, and then when she walks in, he, like, holds up a finger. The first thing he does is hold up a finger because he's typing, and he finishes an email. And then in the middle of the meeting, he takes a call from his friend that's, like, about basketball or something. Yeah. <laughs> You think I care about right. the Rangers? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> he was yeah. so good. Like, Matthew McFadden. There are three actors who were cast members on Succession. Oh. Oh, In man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Matthew McFadden, the assistant who she runs into... I guess she has like dry cleaning and she has the boss's kids and stuff. Yes. She, they have a moment in the bathroom where. Is that the nanny? I, feel like I don't know if nanny. she's a nanny or whatever. And then she comes back and like packs a bag for LA or yeah. something. She's in succession. And then um, 
she's Carolina in Succession, but she's uh, Dagmara Dominic. Dagmara, yes, she is. She is in Succession too. The business vibe, the environment of that show is very much like The Assistant too. Wow. I mostly know, well, I only know that guy from, because I haven't watched Succession. Maybe someday I'll watch it, but it's pretty far down my list for some reason. I don't know. Anyway, I know him as the other Mr. Darcy. Yes. The, <laughs> there's yeah. the Colin Firth Mr. Darcy, and then there's the Matthew McFadden one. He's like, it's a, the, um, Kira Knightley the Kira Knightley one. Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, it's kind of funny, his trajectory. And I also really like Dagmar Dominchek's character, because... She's the only one in the movie where you can tell that she used to do that job. Like, even though she says almost nothing, just all of her knowing looks, and then especially in the elevator at the end when she kind of gives her that advice, it's like, Don't worry. She'll get more out of it than he will. You know, basically, like, you'll get over this because you have to. Mm -hmm. Right. It's so powerful, even though she has almost nothing to do, but what she does is such an impactful moment. Yeah. That last scene... They're the last three in the office, and they are just waiting to be dismissed. Yeah. Like, right. I know, they're like, has he left? Because they yeah. can't leave until he leaves. But yeah. then she kind of tells them, like, he said we could go. <laughs> right. I and mean, they, like, Matt was like, and they know exactly what that means. Like, yeah. <laughs> was insistent to leave while he's still there. Has he left yet? No. Yeah, that's the only time they're allowed to do that. <laughs> Ugh, so fucking gross. I mean, and then there's just so many other aspects of the big boss that you never see, like, what a total asshole he is. Like, I guess he had a meeting with some other business people. They're from Asia, and the guy had, like, postponed his trip to work out a deal with this guy, and he didn't show up for the meeting. Because <laughs> he was at the mark. Because <laughs> he was, mark, like, yeah. At, yeah. So he, like, screwed those people over. And then Jane, like, there's one scene where I didn't totally know what was happening, but it looked like she was trying to troubleshoot, like, a household worker yes. fixing a vacuum. She was absolutely talking to the boss's housekeeper. And the housekeeper was so panicked. Uh... Okay, Marka S. K. K. Uh, what? Uh, uh, no, no, no. It's 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 not it's not it's not your fault. It's 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 not your fault. I um I'll fix it. Uh, it's so crazy. Like what will get you fired? But it's so believable too. That it's like yeah. If I can't work this vacuum cleaner, I might lose this job. Yeah, everyone's just constantly paranoid about that. Yeah, and then, like, the driver who's, like, one person is really sick and can't do the job, and then she calls someone else to drive, and it's, like, his daughter's quinceanera, (laughs) and Jane is, like, can you reschedule that? I know. You know, like, she just... But he somehow finds his brother or something to do the job. I mean, it's just, like, such a web of, like... Like, the fact that she would even think to ask that, and it's basically, like, because my job is to make sure this happens no matter what. Yeah, this trickle-down of abuse that happens. He's in a meeting. I I have no idea. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Just, you're ready to go when he is, right? Okay, so that's all I need to know. 
then the kid who's like on the desk, like <laughs> pretending to be. She's a- like legit feral. This child. She's had yeah, no but like that upbringing. I- Can I watch him for a second? Yep. <laughs> 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 now you do it. This is like probably a kid who nobody pays attention. I don't know, like mm-hmm. just like a. I thought that was very telling. Mm-hmm. And then Jane, she's in the room with the two kids, and the girl is trying to get her to like, <laughs> like that, yeah. and and so Jane does it, but you can you can just tell she will do anything. I mean, she's willing to yeah. go there because this is the boss's kid. She will humor the children. She will clean up the waste. Like, she so wants to do a good job, and that is so sad, too. Like, when you see her by the water cooler calling her mom, and, like, Uh, she wants to have a real conversation, but she's not exactly in a neutral location, or or somehow just can't. There are eyes everywhere, and everyone can't wait to collect some dirt so that they can get someone fired and take their job, or, you know, there's, like, so much backstabbing everywhere. Even though they're all working together toward this common goal, they're also constantly trying to fuck over other people for their own benefit. The kid thing was so telling to me because obviously it didn't say in her job, watch my kids when they come into the office. (laughs) Right. But she knows already from earlier that day that she could get in trouble for literally anything. Anything and nothing. And so if the kid complains, she wouldn't play with me, she might get fired for that. She'd definitely have to craft an apology email. So it's just like, I have to do whatever this fucking kid says because of who her dad is. Right. And just like how she gets handed a baby. I'm pretty sure it's the nanny. That was another interesting thing. And she walks in and hands her this baby. And it's because, probably because he demanded his dry cleaning. And she was like, well, what do I do? I have to take care of these kids. And then he yells at her behind closed doors, don't ever fucking bring my kids to the office again. And it's like, did she have a choice? Probably not. I'm sure she wouldn't have done that if she had somewhere else to put them. And then meanwhile, his wife is driving around town being angry about stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Like, she gets in there so early. And then the other guy, the assistant comes in and he's like, Oh, yeah, we need the grosses. Could you rank them by market and, I don't know, gro- I don't- Yeah. Something like- <laughs> It was, like, two different ways to print out the same information. Yeah, and she just, like, does it, you know? That's not, yeah. like, a low lift kind of a thing, and- it's amazing how much she does in one day. Like, and mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of got confused. Like, and maybe this was the intention Kitty Green wanted. Like, I couldn't tell, like, what time of day it was or, like, mm-hmm. what, right. whether it was, like, all the same day or, yeah. like, you kind of lose. I mean, she literally doesn't have a life. She's just on a, yeah. a hamster wheel. Morning. Mm-hmm. Schedule. How's your weekend? Uh, amazing. Yours? I was here. Oh, right. Thanks for that. And it's her job to go get lunch for the three of them, and then they just complain about it, and they never say thank you. This is turkey. I said chicken. Forget it. Probably the only reason she's allowed to leave to get lunch is because she's also getting it for them. And she doesn't get a break. She's eating the sandwich at the desk. She gets zero breaks. Her only break is to go to HR and get berated. Right. Uh, one of the guys she was talking to just like 
a balled up piece of paper being thrown. Yeah, he throws paper at her twice to get her attention. It's so fucked up. (laughs) It is really fucked up. And I know it's not supposed to be Harvey Weinstein, but I did notice that she booked at the Peninsula Hotel, which was Harvey Weinstein's hotel, Mm. preferred hotel that he used. And then the creepy moments where the two assistants were obviously talking to the boss next to her desk, and Mm -hmm. it was like they were having like a raunchy joke or something. You could tell it was something. One moment. No, not again. You're on? Who is it? I don't know. It would make me uncomfortable, probably, if I were Jean. There's definitely the boys' club situation yeah. where the boys have each other's back in a way, although I'm sure they would stab each other in the back if it benefited them. But, like, that's the only teaming up you see is men teaming up together, and then all the women are just kind of, like, out there alone. And then every once in a while, they give another woman some, like, really depressing advice. And that's, that's right. how they get through the day. And uh, she's doing the books, and she calls, I don't know, a finance guy or whatever, and she's <laughs> yeah. like, these two checks don't have any names on them. Is he going to know what that's for? <laughs> and they're like, he'll know. Hi, it's me again. Yes, the last two checks don't have a name or anything. Just the dollar amount. Uh, I can ignore it. Okay, and will he know what it's for? Yeah. Okay. Okay, sure. Thank you. They say ignore those. Ignore them. Like, forget you saw that. (laughs) I don't know. Just that she's doing that. Like, even that. I bet those bills, like, half those bills are probably not even for that office. She's, like, balancing his checkbook and writing the checks out for him so that all he has to do is sign them. And (laughs) he, like, literally does nothing for himself at all. Right, right. So disgusting, but so true. It's so fucking true. The other scene of just like the mundane office work, but I thought it was really interesting the way that she's printing out these color copied headshots of mm-hmm. women and it's just like a new woman's face like every yes. second. Oh, it's blonde, redhead, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just like a, I don't know, she's a printing factory a, a catalog of women. Like a catalog of yeah. women, a binder full of women. A binder full of women. Of women. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then, like, the one on top is the one that you see walk in later. And also, I think it's so telling how anytime she puts something on his desk, she kind of adjusts it a little bit at the end. Like, she puts a glass down, and then she turns it, like, three quarters. And then when she puts the papers down, she firms them up and then kind of changes the orientation just the tiniest. Because, like, she's so berated. Like, every little fucking mistake. I'm sure she's been yelled at for not putting things on his desk precisely. And all this fucked up stuff. She's just got such PTSD. From everything. Ugh, already. I mean, we've kind of got away from our format because this movie is just so fucking... It's so good, man. Kitty Green is... Like, where did she come from? I mean... Australia, mate. Well, I mean, I knew she came from Australia, but I just went like, uh, wow, where did she come from? She's young. She's an up-and-comer. 
She's the master of realistic horror films, in my opinion. <laughs> we should do Royal Hotel sometime, because it is... Oh, yeah. It's so tense. I mean, did anyone have any hot probs? Shut up. Hot probs is on. Oh, shit, yeah. I had just um, the tiniest, stupidest one. <laughs> just to think of I something. Mean, not really. I mean, not a hot prob, but more like a discussion point of the HR scene. I wrote down, I have a hot prob with myself because I kind of feel where he's coming from, you know, and there's such mm-hmm. a dick, you know. That scene is just so well done. My question more like, do you think that she has reason to go to HR? Uh. I watched this with Matt. I mean, I had watched this before, but when I watched it for this, I watched it with Matt and he hadn't seen it. And like, he thought she did have reason, but that she kind of biffed it a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. He was like, your thing that is a legit HR complaint is that you have to clean cum stains off the couch, you know? That, this right. Kind of stuff. Yeah. It's not so much hot problem. It's a question, do you think? In retrospect, it was a mistake to go to HR, I would say, but like, did she have a legit HR complaint? I think, uh, yeah. I think that it's hard to like prove things, mm-hmm. but just knowing the environment, her work environment, like it's sort of known that he is having sex with these actresses mm-hmm. and it's very curious the timing of him going to the hotel with the girl having just checked in right. and she is like presumably of age like 18 or above or whatever but i mean there is that power dynamic that is i don't know yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's like the argument of well this person is an adult or Mm -hmm. yeah there's nothing that she can prove but i think there's obviously like an alarm is going off inside (laughs) her you know like something is wrong it's a conspiracy machine to allow his behavior to continue and literally everyone in the office knows what he's doing I mean, it's fucked up, but that should have been a clue that going to HR would be a dead end. Is like, everyone works all day to allow this to happen, to make this happen. No one's going to throw it away because an assistant complained about it. But I would say the thing she had the most legs to complain about maybe was, like, getting in trouble for literally not saying anything to the wife. Just, like, being on the phone right. with his wife. What? Can you deal with this? What? What? What is it? The wife. Why me? Hello? Sorry? They're blocked? I, I'm surely not. Let me let me get in touch with the bank. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, you, you have your personal cards, right? I, I, I really think that this is a misunderstanding. No, I, I am. I'm just, I'm trying to help. I, I really don't. Uh, are you, are you still there? And she like doesn't even say anything. This woman just yells at her and hangs up and then she's in trouble. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then he berates her. Yeah. I mean, that's like, there's no way that anyone could argue that that was part of her job and that that was something she should get in trouble for.
Versus all the other stuff, it's like, oh, well, you have to clean cum stains. Well, that's because you have to keep the office clean. Although he does say, it's interesting in the meeting, he's like, you were tidying the office, why? And she's like, I was told that I should keep it neat. And, and I, I found an earring in the office today. An earring? By his couch. And a hair tie on the floor last week. Well, forgive me, but are you often... Um, cleaning things off his floor. I mean, we have a janitorial crew, right? I'm supposed to tidy up. Um. Even though it's not in her job description officially, it is expected of her to clean up every little thing. She's so young and inexperienced and, you know, probably thinks HR is there to protect. Right. Yeah. Not the company. Well, it's such a fate and switch, you know, when she first is down and he looks so genuine and he's like, you know, if you're not sure where to come, then you came to the right place. You know, like, yeah. he totally is like, I'm here for you. This is what we're for, you know? Yeah. Where it's really the opposite of what HR is for. Yes. And that she just doesn't, there's no way for her to know that yet because she's, this is her first corporate office. Yeah, he was asking her about her previous... Did you have any experience? I have, like, 400 people who want your job, and they're all know, great, or so whatever. And and she's like, well, my last internship was paid. So it mm. kind of made me think, like, she's an unpaid internship that she's doing. Oh, I didn't, I, I didn't think that. Because I think his insinuation was, you're saying that this girl is only here for harassment purposes because she's inexperienced and young and he's like how experienced were you i think yeah. i feel like she's just trying to say she wasn't just in right i think that's what she was saying she was trying to sort of yeah. justify her yeah. hiring and differentiate herself from the girl from sun valley yeah. oh yeah because like an internship that's paid is for some reason more legitimate than an unpaid internship yeah that's true <laughs> it's kind of like a job <laughs> i wonder if this job is in some ways less demeaning than her paid internship, because internships can be so demeaning. I imagine, yeah. And then every time you complain about anything, all they do is say, well, you're lucky to have this. There's yeah. so many, every time I had an internship, I heard that from somebody. You're lucky to have this. Other people can't wait to work for us for free, so don't complain. I wonder whether there's been any changes in the entertainment industry for these kinds of jobs. Like, I've always heard about people starting in mail rooms and things like that, <laughs> like, and working their way up. And I think that they really abuse the whole, like, you have to pay your dues. Yeah. I, I don't know. The entertainment industry seems like they really take advantage of people in that way because they're like, you should be lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, almost at every level, I feel. Until you get to executive, it's like, you're lucky to have this job. There's a lot of competition for this work. There's only a few jobs in the industry where it's like, you must have earned this or you must be here because you're actually good at it. But she really is so good. You know, she's so precise, so detail-oriented. Yeah. She does seem like she's good at her job. And he actually even does say that the boss in that response where <laughs> you're good. Yeah. I'm tough on you because you're good and you could be great, you know. <laughs> No. Which is also a manipulative tactic, but... Absolutely. You know, I think she is, she must be... It seems like it's very easy to just fire people, you know, so... 
I feel like there must be some truth to that, her being good and him not wanting to fire her because he just could if he felt like it. Right. That's such a manipulation. And she wants to be in this industry so badly and she wants to do well. And she's being made to believe that this is what I have to go through in order to be great or, Mm -hmm. you know, be good. And that's just so unfortunate. Right. To have jobs where you expect to be treated like shit. Yeah, it's just part of the job. You're like, I accept this position of whipping boy or whatever, you know? Right, yeah. (laughs) I found a really relatable moment that was, I feel like, a universal assistant moment when she gets the paper cut on that, like, fancy envelope from the president. (laughs) That is just, like, an expected assistant thing. You, like, open all the mail, and then you put the mail where it needs to go, and then you pay this bill or that bill or whatever. It's just so crazy that these people can't even open their own mail. And I got so many paper cuts from opening mail and from, like, sending out all the mailings. I wonder if they still do that shit. I remember having to send off 200 newsletters in the mail and collate them and... Oh, my God. Like, print them, collate them, fold them, put them in the envelope, seal the envelope. I had to go and ask if I could please buy a sponge so I didn't have to lick all of the envelopes. Yeah, jeez. All this (laughs) hidden work. Yeah. And then they're like, why are you behind on this? It's because I've been folding paper all afternoon. (laughs) Like, she's always in the middle of things, and then they're like, this is more, you know, anything anyone wants from her is more important than what she's doing. But she knows she has to get back to the thing she was doing before because she's going to have to answer to someone else about that. I mean, it's literally a thankless job. Like, I super appreciate that no one, even the people who are kind of nice to her, ever say thank you. Yeah. Right. It's so significant. (laughs) Yeah. So and what then, was, you said you did have a minor cut frog. <laughs> it's so stupid. When she's washing the dishes, there's for some reason like a little corningware baking dish in the sink. And I was just like, why is that there? Like, it just didn't make any sense to me. Like, you wouldn't have a baking dish in an office because there's nowhere to use it. Like, I don't know. It was just so weird. And that kind of office where appearances are everything everything matches that you give to the clients and all that stuff. I don't know. It just yeah. stood out to me, but it's because this movie is like perfect. Brought it in for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's even an extra telling thing because it's like she's washing someone's dishes from home for them. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be interesting. So we got to get Kitty Green on. I'm sure we can get her. Yeah. Um, but I bet you that's for a reason. I bet you she had a, a reason in her head of why that was there. Like it wasn't just like, okay, let's toss some dishes in this sink. Right. We didn't just grab some stuff from craft services or whatever. Oh my god, I just, it gives me flashbacks to this office I worked at where there were just these people that we like, (laughs) my coworker friend and I were like, oh yeah, that guy never cleans his yogurt bowl. (laughs) You know, like, he just leaves it in the sink and whatever role he was in, this guy just leaves his oatmeal in the sink. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All that thinkless office things expecting someone else to take care of it like yeah i mean the dishes i really feel like are the ultimate i mean there's so many demeaning things but it's really like i'm your mommy it's the ways in which the assistant is the most like a mommy like i'm just doing your dishes for you i'm like cleaning everyone's gross lunch stuff right it was really striking to me that when she goes into the conference room to clean up the whole scene there where she's like wiping stuff off the table and then there's some uneaten you know they're probably like really expensive pastries Mm -hmm. and she sticks one in her mouth while she's cleaning (laughs) and she's like wiping crumbs off with her hands they trashed that they completely trashed they're like absolute animals and that was like flashbacks i've definitely been there where it's like we had a crazy conference and now you have to go in and do that because other people are going to be using this before the janitorial staff get here 
So somebody's got to do it. Who it's, it's not going to be us. And then, yeah. like, those fucking guys just stand in the doorway and, like, don't let her leave for some reason for a minute. Yeah. It's so weird. They're just, like, in her way. And she has, like, two hands full of stuff. And they're just kind of glaring at her. Yeah. Like, she's some kind like, of untouchable or something. They needed her to do this, but they're still resentful of her like, in some way. Oh, my God. It still looks like this. It's probably, yeah, it's probably just, like, she didn't do it yet. Why are we having why to see this? Like, why isn't it ready? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ugh. The phone call at the end to her dad to wish him a happy birthday was oh. was rough, too. Happy birthday, Daddy. I'm, I'm so sorry I didn't call you. I just, I've, I, it's, it's been busy. It's okay. It's, uh, you know, it's just like long hours and, um, it's just stressful, you know? sense that her parents are excited for her and you know the opportunity she's getting and clearly she doesn't feel like she can share the the disappointment of it all it's almost like she doesn't want to let her parents down either Mm -hmm. almost you know i feel like that and also like she doesn't want to like wreck the illusion you know of like oh she's in a big city working in the film industry you know yeah glamour and she's talking to her dad you know it's a day after his birthday but it's like you know, I don't want to, for your birthday, complain about my job. Right. I mean, she's a people pleaser. Mm. And then there's definitely, like, a time and place for that. And that is a really considerate thing. But it's just indicative of, like, her whole life at the moment. Everything yeah. she does is in the service of someone else. She's a background actor mm-hmm. in her own life, <laughs> basically. Right. And her treats, when she treats herself, it's eating a bowl of cereal over the sink and sticking like the only a, joyful a leftover pastry in her mouth sort of moment <laughs> like the colorful fruit loops like, yeah uh, <laughs> it's sad but also like oh colors in the yeah sky. it's true because yeah, everything so else in the office is so deep. Deep. like yeah it's literally so dark and then after she finishes talking to her dad she looks up at the i guess her boss's office window and mm-hmm. you can see through the blinds that he's like yeah having sex with somebody it's gross yeah Yeah. it's super gross (laughs) i mean that's like the proof but again it's like at that point it's too late she already knows that even if she has concrete proof nothing will be done about it and she just needs to suck it up if she wants to keep this job yeah and i feel like that's what the hr guy is telling her and he feels like he's doing her a favor you know where he's like (laughs) you do want to work in this industry and this is what the industry is this is what it's like yeah and in fact everyone who talks to her they i mean they probably all do think that they're helping her out like her fellow office assistants they have that line where they're like come to us first 
Yeah, and it's you can always talk to us. Oh right? God, like, yeah, that was. So... It's obviously patronizing as fuck, but like they mean it. They mean it when they say that. You know, you can always come to us, right? Come to us first, okay? I think they like her right. because and she does a I good job. I think they meant it in the sense that, like, you could have talked to us and we could have told you this is a terrible idea, don't do it. Right. And then it wouldn't have gotten back to the boss. I know, and that's so fucked up, too. As soon as she gets back from next door, that HR guy just, like, rats on her immediately. I know, what an asshole. <laughs> and why does he do that? If he's like, I'm trying to help you out, is it just to, like, teach her a lesson and he knows that... This yeah, time she'll be okay. His first allegiance is to the boss. Ugh. I think telling everybody that puts eyes on her as a potential troublemaker. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, like, I think he did that to be like, we're watching you. Yeah. And I think also to make sure she knows, like, don't go to HR, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a big, hard lesson to teach her. Right. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the main takeaways of this movie is don't go to HR. <laughs> yeah, geez. it really is. It's an important lesson. Right. Uh, oh my fucking god. Next call. I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Moby Dick. If you know what I mean? I mean, we've kind of thrown a lot of mine in just during the conversation. You know, you can always come to us, right? Oh yeah, I wrote down. I'm tough on you because I'm gonna make you great. He's yeah. like, this is what this is for. This is for your own good, which is such an interesting way to spin it. <laughs> oh, and then another example of someone like kind of berating her as a favor to her. The nanny's packing the bag. And again, he can't even pack his own fucking bag. And she, she says, you forgot the power cord for the DVD player. You forgot the power cord for the DVD player. She says, you forgot it, but she's the one packing the bag, right? What she's saying is that even if someone else fucks up, she's the one who's going to get in trouble for it. Mm. Um. I wrote, never sit on the couch. Like, that, <laughs> that was the joke with the production people. I wouldn't sit back. Never sit on the couch. <laughs> and just like the... It was London. No, it was Cannes. I think I'd remember it. You wouldn't remember with how late you were to the Hotel du Cap. It's like that time at Cannes. I was in London, dude. I would remember where it was. It was Cannes. Seriously, you would not remember, given how late to the du Cap you and what's his name. It was who is, London. Who is it? It was Cannes. Jeffrey was there, remember? <laughs> you know, like, that's such a, like, oh my god. Obviously, that's what they're in there for. They're for, like, those little tiny moments of glamour and luxury that they get right. as a sort of accidental perk for for servicing this person the woman who brings in the actress that he chose from the stack jane says who is that and she says oh that who was that oh that wasting my time the person is a that for one thing again and that's like an acknowledgement too of the thing that she was suspecting all day but again it's like oh but i already learned that no one can complain about this, even though it's literally like distracting them from the alleged job of producing movies. Right. Like, when does actual movie production happen in this right. office? Right. I the, the HR manager, I don't think you have anything to worry about. I don't think you have anything to worry about. Hmm? You're not as tight. Oh, so gross. You dick. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know. I wrote yeah. that down and then just wrote dick in all caps. Yeah. But it's also probably true. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I said but a meaningful passage was we need more women producers. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Where do you want to be in five, ten years? Oh, uh, I'm going to produce. I'm going to be a producer. You do? Yeah. That's an, okay. That's excellent. We could use more women producers. You know, that's a, you, it's a tough job, but I can see that you've got what it takes. Oh, my God. That is, there's so much there. Right. Well, it's like, oh, do women not uh, go far and excel in this industry? There must Weird. not be that many that want to do this job. Right. That must be the takeaway here. But I also feel like he means that because it would make them look better, you know. Right. We need more women producers like you that are, like, willing to tow the company line. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. That's what he's saying. He's like, if you tow the company line, that's how you'll become a successful producer. And maybe that's why there aren't more women producers is because there's not that many women that are willing to put up with that shit and are, like, hyper-competent the way she is. It's a rare combination. (laughs) And also along the same line, one of the last lines, or at least in the building, and I think it's Doug Mara who says it when she says, don't worry, she'll get more out of it than he will. Yes. Yeah, that was one of my... I think there's a lot of meaning to that. Yeah, for real. Oh, it's horrifying. (laughs) God. We definitely went over the gist of this, but the most meaningful line in the HR scene to me was... She's like, when I found out, and he's like, what did you find out? Obviously, you couldn't have found anything out, but then he said... And this this girl, has she has she done something to make you... Uh, do you suspect that she's done something to harm the company? No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> it's right. like, that is the mission statement of HR right there, just written out in plain, plain ink. Yeah. And that's when she gets so flustered because it's kind of dawning on her what's going on. But then she's like, what have I done? How do I get out of this? Yeah, she definitely didn't think it through what yeah. going to HR was going to be. When you're young, I mean, I don't know. Where do you learn that kind of thing? Right. I mean, I only learned about that through like, I don't know, getting older and opening my eyes more, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's not a lot of direction. People don't tell you all of that stuff mm-hmm. about the real world or what you know like yeah well it's because it's if you say it out loud then it draws attention to how fucked up it is so you have to just imply it so that it's like this is the way things are and there's nothing we can do about it (laughs) yeah it's, it's depressing to have to tell a young person you need to watch for every possible way that you're gonna get screwed or yeah you know and it's but it's like you kind of do nobody told me that but Mm -hmm. (laughs) the world is not what I thought it was oh <laughs> when I was younger. Especially not any corporate office. There are definitely movie industry specific elements here, but this is such a universally corporate experience. Mm-hmm. Just going back to how the male assistants have the same job title as her, but they have so much more privilege. When they're like talking about their crazy weekend and then they ask her how was her weekend and she said, I was here. And then right. the one guy goes, oh right, thanks for that. And then there's a thank you. He says thank you. But it's like... Does he really mean it? A and B. He never even would have thought how much he has to sacrifice. Yeah. And when they're standing over her, like when she's crafting the email, it's not just them helping her. Both of them have their hands on her chair. Yeah. It's so patronizing. Yeah. Yeah. People are so imposing in this movie. Yeah. 
She has no personal space allowed to her. Like, even her own desk. People come in and start fucking with stuff on her desk. It was also so telling when she pulls out all those binders and... I guess they're like phone books, kind of, or contacts, binders. Oh, yeah. And then the phones. She's like, can you teach me the phones? And it's just like 12 speed dial lines of all these different things that she has memorized. So the extensions are marked here. One is his cell, two is his home in the village, three is his home in Connecticut, he's there most weekends, four is Amagansett, the Hamptons, but only went up for the summer, and five is his wife, six is his wife's assistant, seven is Amir, his driver, and then president of distribution, president of marketing, and president of production. Okay. And here is the L.A. office, and here's the London office. And right. she just kind of rattles them off. There's no way that woman is going to remember what she just said. Right. <laughs> and then she just spends the rest of the afternoon, like, thumbing through this book. And then, yeah. And then she's, like, allowed to go home. <laughs> it's like, okay, what is your job? Right. Uh, it definitely supports her theory that this woman wasn't hired for her office qualifications oh yeah and then the young woman who started with the phones she barely does anything and then jane is like you can go and she's like oh thank you right (laughs) this young woman has no idea that woman has a totally different job than jane does even though they're technically Mm -hmm. the same job Right. It's not going to be hard for her. You can tell. Yeah. She's going to get special treatment. Oh, but it might be hard for her in a different way. (laughs) Yes. It'll be hard for her in a, yeah, creepier. I mean, he just wanted an excuse to have her there, put her up, get her on the payroll, but he didn't really want her to work. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But you're right. Like, she has no idea. She's like, oh, yay, I get to go. This job is so easy. I'm so excited. And then it's like. Yeah, I just meant a work later. Oh, yeah. It's like a different set of <laughs> right. expectations. Yeah. What else does a suicide need, huh? Now, if you'll excuse me. I do have a fun fact that I. <laughs> it's about the Fruit Loops, actually. Kitty Green said that she chose Fruit Loops. Like in the script, it was just like a bowl of cereal, but she chose Fruit Loops because of how colorful and nice they look on camera. And then someone came up to her at Telluride who worked in the Weinstein office, and she's like, How did you know the detail about the Fruit Loops? Oh, and wow. she's like, What do you mean? And then she's like, That was like the cereal that we had at the Weinstein office. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it is such a. I don't know. Take any ounce of joy where you can get it. It was very hard to come by in that place. And then I also liked this quote from an interview that Kitty Green did in Vox with Alyssa Wilkinson, where she said she sent a filmmaker friend an early cut of the movie to get their opinion. She said, they normally write me back right away and will be very critical and unfiltered, but it was three weeks later. I got a response that said, I'm sorry, I felt really guilty because I have all these assistants who I asked to do too much for me, and I'm still processing my role in this. Wow. (laughs) Good. I know. It's like, this should be a PSA somehow. (laughs) So this is what's called a lunchtime poll. The lunchtime poll question. I'm kind of excited about this. I had a really fun time coming up with my answer. What is the dumbest thing you've ever had to do for a boss? I can go first because I was so excited about (laughs) this poll that I came up with. 
because I got to go back and read my old blog. <laughs> I started keeping like a live journal in 04. And it was around the time I started this corporate finance job, assistant job, that I just got off of Craigslist. And it was a surprisingly high-paid job at the time. I want to say it was $12 an hour in 2004, which was, like, pretty good. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) But it turned out it was because it was, like, this kind of job where I was the office mommy. And there weren't that many people in the office. There were two finance bros who were my bosses, and one guy was more in charge than the other. And then there was this, like, sort of middle management person who didn't have her full CPA certification yet, but she was technically my superior because she had gotten a degree in business and finance. And she treated me like I was her personal secretary. (laughs) So I called her, in my blog, I called her the little dictator, or little D. And it was really (laughs) fun for me to just go back and read a bunch of old blog posts about how miserable I was at that job. And I found a couple of fun examples. Ooh, I want to (laughs) hear... Okay, here's one. Okay, so September 1st, 2004, distressing afternoon when little dictator argued needlessly about whether or not she should have to answer the phone when I'm in the bathroom or at lunch. The argument was long and stupid because she was the only one arguing anything. The short of it is that my boss said we should all be responsible for making sure the phone gets answered. Because because contrary to little dictator's assessment, a client might not call back, even if it is important, because we are there to serve them. The result of all this is that I have to have my phone on maximum volume so that she can hear it in her office. And so every time a phone rings, it scares the living poop out of me, is what I wrote. (laughs) That was one thing. September 7, 2004. There's a ton of work to catch up on, and the cleaning people threw away everything in my boss's inbox. So I've had to deal with describing papers all morning while they fish through the garbage next to me looking for the papers. Oh my god. July 27, 2004. I have the crappiest desk in the office. It's the reception desk. It doesn't look very good when a client walks in. So everyone was hovering around me, (laughs) offering free solutions to make my area better. Little dictator said, why don't we take all this stuff and move it to the table behind you? She was gesturing toward all the papers and files on my desk that are my literal work. (laughs) I said, because that's my work. And she said, oh, well, what if we put it over on that credenza in the corner (laughs) that's like even further away? After that, they put my garbage can in the corner way far away from me, rearranged my files, and tried to get me to move my computer monitor to about two inches away from my face. Oh, jeez. The whole process took about two and a half hours in which no one was doing any actual work. (laughs) But then the thing that won my official... I'm sorry, I know this is long, but I really had fun reading these things. Yeah, I like it. This is the one that is, I think, the dumbest thing. Where did it start? Okay, the dumbest thing I had to do. November 15th, 2004. I just got the following email from Little Dictator. Do you know why the coffee table is in a weird place? I looked over and sure enough, the coffee table had been moved slightly closer to the wall than before. (laughs) Being the logical person I am, I quickly deduced that the cleaning people must have moved it when they vacuumed over the weekend. I told her so, ignoring the overwhelming urge to be a snarky bastard about it. She wrote back, can you move it when you get a chance? Um, I can, but why didn't you move it when you noticed it? (laughs) Seeing as how it's bothering you so much. Wow, that is like (laughs) serious micro-manager. Yeah, Yeah. like, wow. It was a whole email exchange about moving the coffee table a couple inches. Oh my god. I haven't had any, like, nothing, like, super egregious, like, in the movie, but I had a boss that told me not to talk to them before 10 a.m., and that was very awkward because we sat, like, two feet away from each other, but it was sort of like a, not until I've had my coffee and settled in kind of thing. (laughs) So that was pretty ridiculous. I also had a boss who, like, had me drive 
her to look at cars Mm -hmm. and i just stayed there while she bought a car oh my god (laughs) (laughs) that takes forever to buy a car (laughs) yes (laughs) it takes so long that's like a whole work day right there yeah so i'm just sitting there and she's like it's okay it's excused or whatever and i'm like because she needs a car to get to work (laughs) i'm just like field trip okay she bought the car and then told me I could leave because she had a ride with her new car. But wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my answer. Sometimes those things are like, I'm doing something different, but at the same time, you're like, this is so fucking this is stupid. Not my, this is not in my job description. Yeah. <laughs> this will not advance um, my career. <laughs> no. I don't really have like a great answer. I never had an office job. Like My jobs have been either retail or preschool daycare kind of thing but I decided to go with just the most annoying thing was there was a daycare preschool that I worked at and I was 26 I worked with like the little kids that was like one of the best groups of kids I ever had so I really liked where I was in that job but because we were an extended day daycare there were older kids there like kindergarten age kids And the person who worked with them, part of their job description was to be able to drive the van to go pick them up. And you had to be at least 25. Oh, yeah. So, you know, when I started there, I don't even remember who worked for them, but that was fine. But that person left and they hired someone new who became my nemesis because (laughs) she was over 25. And my boss hired her. And then part of the job is, you know, driving the van to the kindergarten, which was like five minutes away. And apparently this girl was just like such a bad, nervous driver. She was like, I can't in good conscience let her drive the van. So that like every day I had to leave my class and go pick up these kindergartners and drive back. Which was not that big a deal, but it was annoying. Yeah. Once in a while, the older kids would have like a field trip or something. Like if it was a school holiday week or something, so the older kids were there all day, they would get like some fun field trips. And then I had to drive for that, which was super annoying. And also this girl, Nikki, who couldn't drive, was the most irritating person for me personally. (laughs) And I feel like she was meant to be my nemesis because she had a bumper sticker that said potato lover. <laughs> what? <laughs> I know. I'm like, of things. But I just remember me getting in the car to drive to this field trip that I did not want to do at all. And Nikki was in the passenger seat and she's like, thanks for volunteering. And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even taking the thank you. (laughs) I was like, I didn't volunteer. I have to do it because apparently you can't do this. (laughs) Nice. Uh, I'm so glad you said that because that is like an obnoxious, toxic personality trait that some people have where they're like, thank you for volunteering to do this thing that I made you do. You're definitely doing under duress. Like she had to know. Right. No. I didn't volunteer. <laughs> and I wouldn't have volunteered. Yes. Yeah, I hate that where the person who can't or is unwilling or unable to do something kind of gets rewarded by not having to do it, you know? Or yeah. Like, like, yeah, and it's like, yeah, exactly. you got let off the hook, you know? Yeah. That is annoying. <laughs> yeah, when you're hyper competent, it's like almost a punishing existence because everyone's like, oh, they'll do it because they're so good at doing everything. But you shouldn't make one person do everything. Other right. people should right. also pitch in. She was like not a good boss, that lady who ran that center. It was on her. Like, that's part of the job description. Don't hire someone. Yeah. Do that. 
Totally. I've seen many job descriptions that say, like, must be able to drive. Right. Like, if it's part of the job, then get a job where you don't have to drive. Right. <laughs> so many jobs where you don't have to drive. It's so many. There's hardly ever jobs where you have to drive a van full of kindergartners. <laughs> How very. All right. Any final thoughts about the assistant? Yeah, one final thought that I'm surprised I didn't hear from you, Jessica. Oh. The thing I love about Julia Garner is like her little frowny face that she makes that I feel is reminiscent of Florence Hugh in her frown. Yes, you're right. I didn't overlook it in observation, but I neglected to mention that she does have a very delightful frowny face. And that's something that Kitty Green talked about a lot in interviews that I read. Like almost every interview, she talked about how much she loves Julia Garner because of her faces. All the nuanced frowns that she can pull off. (laughs) It is pretty amazing. And also, I wonder if that's like what the HR person meant by you're not his type. That you're not like a smiling, pretty lady, you know? Like, she is obviously a gorgeous person, but it's like, you're not giving of your beauty to others in the way that these actresses are. Yeah, Yeah, she's so good. I guess the other thing she's done that people know her from is Ozark, but I couldn't watch even 10 minutes of that show. But apparently she's super good on it. But we should do Grandma. She's the girl in that movie. Yes, we we absolutely should. We've got to do an abortion episode. We've got to go back to that. We have barely (laughs) done any abortion for, like, ages. People are going to think we're pro-lifers now. <laughs> uh, we definitely can't let that happen. Yeah, <laughs> Let's celebrate abortions once again. We'll do it soon. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid in Puke, please take a minute to give us five stars on your preferred podcast app. If you did not enjoy it, no further action is necessary. Paid in Puke is hosted by Jessica Baxter, Amy Green, and Christina Barr. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, on Blue Sky at Paid in Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid in Puke Seattle, and on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Paid in Puke is produced and edited by Divine Betty Media. Music by Silent Partner and Jessica Baxter. Thanks for listening. You're beautiful. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.